It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Go Birds pod number 12. The five-star reviews do go a very long way, whether you're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any kind of podcast listening device. I am John Barchard, James Seltzer, Elliot Shore Parks. We are all here to break down the bucks. And honestly, uh, I, I asked, we'll get to the Q&As uh, later in the show because we got a little new segment on this. But uh, do any of you know if hurricanes eat airplanes? Because that's <laughs> we're heading to Tampa in uh, in 24 hours, which we're really excited about. But they, James, they will be doing right? a, James will be doing a solo show. Yeah, yes. I think me and John yes. are on the same plan. Yes, so. it will be. Uh, I will not get eaten by a hurricane. I can guarantee that. Yes. So. Well, because you would fight it off. You're too yes. strong. Yeah. <laughs> you know we yeah, can't. I mean, come on. We you know? can't even tag uh, team. Properly. I think as long as you don't fly into the hurricane. I think right. it'd be fine. Okay. I think flying, that's the real key. Yeah, that's the key to the whole thing. So for all of our Tampa friends, we are coming down there. Um, Elliot, me, Vince Quinn, a bunch of people from 94 WIP. John Marks will be hanging out. We're going to be doing a podcast live, hopefully, on Saturday, depending on the Wi-Fi. But we're going to have, we're going to try and do like a little meetup somewhere. Mm-hmm. We haven't determined where yet. We're going to check out weather and make sure everything's cool. But on Friday night, because there's nothing really going on, all of our Tampa Bay friends, just, you know, make sure you're following the Go Birds pod at Go Birds pod at Elliot Shore Parks at John Barchard. We'll send out a little uh, a Go Birds pod uh, bat signal come start drinking. And I think that's a really good idea. Shout out to Angel Martinez. Oh, yeah, Angel. Eager, eagerly awaiting you guys coming down. Can't He'll wait. probably drive you around all weekend. <laughs> take I hope care so. of you. I hope so. But uh, everybody's wondering, gentlemen, uh, about the Fitz magic and uh, what 
the Eagles can exactly do against this Bucks defense, which allowed a lot of points in the offense, obviously, as we saw against the Saints. They put up a lot of points doing so, but... Elliot, let's get the, uh, the the Carson out of the way yeah. uh, weekly here. Looks like Peter King's going to be right and everybody owes him apology. Week three, is that what you're thinking? What else is new, right? <laughs> nah, I mean, that's certainly where it seems to be leaning. Uh, it's going to be Nick Foles this week, as I'm sure everyone listening knows. But uh, Doug, you know, he's not giving as much away at the podium as he used to. He doesn't really want to talk about it. But just watching Carson, you know, just everything, everybody you talk to, it just does seem like it's trending towards a week three return. And again, I hate to use Peter King's logic, but you're at home, you're playing a cold. Colts team that's that's not great not that that matters to me the Colts team but it is a nice spot to kind of reintroduce him back into the back into the uh the offense didn't someone on this show say that uh, I'm I, just wondering uh, didn't, me, didn't someone didn't someone I feel like this is going to be a day of me patting myself was on it the Charlie back, Day so. did Charlie Day Charlie said, Day said oh, it. okay good the right. Charlie <laughs> Day said it he also went four and on his picks this week bam like, bam yeah, whatever embarrassed me in Atlantic Charlie's City. killing it <laughs> James over under Alshon Jeffrey Carson Wentz starting the same week through uh, I think it's certainly possible. That's not an over-under. That's uh, yeah, a, I don't know what the over-under two to is. One, two to one. I'll give you two to one odds that they, did they start or do they don't? I would bet together. on them not. I think I think Alshon, it, look, they could. And Alshon back at practice, we're starting to hear some positivity around him for the first time in a while. 11 on 11's, not clear for not, contact. Not doing right? 11 on 11's Or yet. not quite yeah. at 11 on 11's yet. At Regardless, least he did not early in the week. Yeah, yeah, my guess is week four. It seems like we're kind of trending that way. Originally they said, what, two, three weeks to start the season. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's possible, but if I had to bet, I'd bet on him being back by Tennessee. Elliot, what did he look like out there? Because I know you yeah. had uh, you had some nice video, and it looked like it was normal Alshon Jeffrey. See any like, weird tweaks or anything? No, like, on he the looked shoulder? normal Alshon, but what really stood out to me was like he's been so away from this team all throughout training camp, OTAs, like putting him back out there with the receivers his size really does stand out and it points out like how small the Eagles receivers are right now. When you look at, you know, Nelson Aguilar, one of the best slot receivers in the league, but not a huge guy. DeAndre Carter undersized, no Matt Collins. So uh, to me, that was the biggest thing that stood out about Alshon, but he looked great out there. And I did notice Doug Peterson paying extra close attention to the receiver position during individual drills. He was right there watching Alshon uh, and seeing how he looked. Did he look better than Jordan Matthews? That's well, no, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, he's still coming back from injury. There. Yeah. Here's what I don't understand. Understand. Speaking of that, the Eagles this week, they go and why would you work out Aiken again? He's been through most of your training camp. After paying Wheaton, no less, for the season. 800K down the... Man, I wish I had 800K. I could just flush down Can the you toilet. Imagine, nice. <laughs> Can you imagine getting paid $800,000 to play three snaps? Can't imagine that's what happened. Getting Did, didn't even have a catch. That's what happened. Three <laughs> snaps. $800,000. It's pretty good living. It pays right to there. be fast. So Man. why did they work him out? Again, I mean, they signed him. It's just, what what do you need to see other than, hey, he's still running and he's still in shape? Yeah, I mean, I you took words out of my mouth. I think that's basically it. Like, they worked out a, a lot of guys that day, court, uh, including my quarterback. Paxton. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Paxton Lynch was, was in Philly. My quarterback. And I wasn't even aware of it. Like, that's <laughs> a, a tragedy. You should have but, greeted him at the plane with his I know, right? Paxton. I he still wouldn't, He wouldn't have had to take that cab that he had Paxton, to Paxton, I still believe. But, no. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know if he could afford the cab, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> Um, no, I think you just like you said, you bring him in here and make sure he can still run, make sure he didn't get hurt, you know, that type of thing. And the whatever he was gone, what, six, seven days. Um, we'll be interested to see how, how much he does play against Tampa, because why make the move unless you kind of were going to bring him in here uh, to put him out on the field? Doug did mention he's going to be a special teams contributor, though. So maybe they're just more comfortable with him playing special teams than they were Wheaton. Uh, Shelton Gibson was a little limited throughout the week did have a full go I think today is what I saw the only guy that was limited again or wasn't out there was Darren Sproles by 
every beat reporter that was uh, that was down there this morning, and Elliot's going to head down to the locker room to see if we can get some more information there, James. But uh, I wonder if again now I maybe maybe it was uh, I jumped the gun a little bit on uh, on exactly what DeAndre Carter was going to bring to this Shocker. Eagles offense. But uh, I could I could very much see how this is just ends up being a very silly Kamar Aiken game against this this Tampa Bay Bucks secondary, and it's just I don't know like it is it's bad like you don't realize how bad it is when Grimes isn't there and obviously they lose Hargraves that's that's a major major thing and it doesn't again it doesn't look like Grimes is going to go with the groin issue uh, they're going to be able to take advantage of the secondary at least they should but then you go oh wait there isn't you know there we it's not exactly a Michael Thomas here but it's still Nelson Aguilar you still have a fast group of guys that's where I think Tampa is most efficient right now and I think Doug's got something drummed up for that that's yeah right. I think we're looking at like 15 targets for Nelson Aguilar start him in your fantasy leagues all that stuff I think it's going to be a Nelson Aguilar game they absolutely can throw on Tampa you know, now we saw what New Orleans did last week. Like you said, no Vernon Hargreaves. That's a big loss. Looks like they might have no JPP as well, which right. will obviously affect the pass rush. It's a bad defense. A really bad defense. And look, again, I know that a lot of people were you know, nervous about Nick after the first game and all that. We've seen that Nick can have good games too, and this is certainly a nice spot to get him going. Whether or not he's going to play anymore after this, I still think that Nick Foles can go out and have a good game against his defense. Nick Foles could go out there and throw seven touchdowns a la versus Oakland Raiders. Like That wouldn't surprise me, but the, the scary Maybe thing... a little he, bit surprising. Well, the, yeah, I'd, be sh- I'd, be, I'd be quite shocked, actually. All right, we'll put it down. I wouldn't be surprised. But, it, I mean, the thing, though, is Nick is very inconsistent, and heading in their 1 o'clock game... He did not play well against Atlanta, and I agree with you. They should be able to move the ball without question. They should. This should be a thirty-point game for this offense. But are you sure he'll be able to? Like, how confident are you guys in Foles going into this game? And I'm I know not, that I know Tampa's defense is bad. I'm not like. I think this makes for a two hundred and fifty, two hundred and seventy-five yard type of Nick Foles game. With a couple of touchdowns and a either, ooh, God, that could have been an interception or an actual interception that goes along there. But this is, I, I, yeah, and I don't know, I don't know exactly how they're going to try and warm him up. I don't think you should go out there again and kind of just like, all right, let's here's a, a three yard out, here's a mm-hmm. five yard out. Like you can't really do that. Nick wants to throw the ball downfield. That's always kind of a misconception because you look at him, and go, oh, he just wants to play it safe. No, he wants to throw it. It's just sometimes it. Falls maybe two or three yards short of I don't know like a Tory Smith for instance during the Atlanta Falcons game or what he does want to do it I feel okay about Nick Foles going into this only because like Tampa Bay is his his Graceland that's yeah. where he uh, always you know his first I'll never win and all forget that stuff. him rumbling ten yeah. yards for a touchdown like an antelope it was literally it took him forty five minutes to run ten yards it was really an <laughs> impressive thing to see I, I think Hitting someone Jeremy put, Macklin for the winning touchdown those great memories in Raymond James uh, that, that was the uh, catch by um. Jason Avant, too, right? Mm-hmm. That was oh, yeah, that, that was yeah. the But catch, I, yeah. I think that, look, to your point, Elliot, I don't think you can ever feel confident right. with Nick Foles just because he. we've seen the two sides of Nick, and sometimes you get the guy we saw last week, and sometimes you get the guy we saw in the Super Bowl. So I don't know if you can ever feel confident. I feel very confident with the matchup, obviously. 
I do, though, worry a little bit like you kind of alluded to. I mean, DeAndre Carter played 74% of the yeah. snaps against Atlanta. So I do worry about the talent and the ability for those guys to get open no matter who's covering them. But ultimately, I think there are enough holes in this Tampa defense that they will be able to put up and One thing I've gotten a lot on Twitter this week and just from talking to Eagles fans is, well, it's only one game. And yes, that is it is only one game in the regular season. But in the grand scheme of things, it was also OTAs where they didn't. this offense didn't look that good. It was training camp. It was preseason. And it was Atlanta. So I think there's a long enough track record where, look, like I said, it wouldn't shock me if Fultz went out there and had a huge game. But I, I, I don't, I'm not just looking at Atlanta. I'm looking at an Eagles offense that has struggled without Carson Wentz. And I wrote this this morning uh, on WIP, but we, we can talk about the receivers, Kamar Aiken, you know, Des Bryant, everyone loves to talk about. This offense isn't going to be back to what it should be until Carson Wentz gets out there. That's what they need. It's not a new receiver. I mean, Alshon coming back will obviously help, but you have Ertz, you have Goddard, you have Aguilar. You have the weapons to go out there and put up points against Tampa Bay. It really is just whether or not Foles will be able to do it. That's the deficiency in the passing game right now. It's not the receivers, in my opinion. Oh, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, we mm. we can't say... I mean, Nick Foles played awful. I'm not even going to make an excuse for it, but so did Zach Ertz. And Zach no Ertz one got open. No, Ertz yeah. got open and dropped the ball, and, and Aguilar was making great contested catches. He didn't get open. Nobody got open. Well, like, Mike, Wallace got open. Mike Wallace got open. Mike Wallace got open A couple times, yeah. yeah. But I'm saying, if, if Foles hits him, we're looking at this receiver core a lot different, right? Because then Mike Wallace has a 50-yard touchdown to clinch the game in the fourth quarter. I just wonder if there's an, as much panic there. I understand what you're saying. I just think, again, to go back to that stat, when DeAndre Carter's playing 74% yeah. of your snaps, I mean, that's a guy, again, who, you know, we love the story. We hope that maybe he could turn into something that's an asset for your team. But it's a guy who, who's been in the league for five years and has never played in a game. I mean, right. there's a reason for that. So uh, for me, it's personnel as much as anything. But I, I think you have a fair point, obviously. Nick didn't look great. And really, just looking back at um, the Buck Saints, it's just, I mean, Carlton Davis, God bless you. Holy hell. I had to look him up. I didn't even know Carlton Davis was. If you don't know, he's their second-round draft pick from this past season mm-hmm. or past offseason. And your first assignment is, hey, uh, I need you to cover Michael Thomas. Oh, by the way, you're also going up against Drew Brees. And on top of that, um, Sean Payton's a pretty good schemer. So you just look at it, and they picked on him immediately. And we're going to talk to uh, Trevor Sikkeman just a little bit, too, because I brought this up with him. He works for uh, the PewterReport.com and obviously for the DraftNetwork.com. Uh, we love him here and his hairstyles. Uh, the, I mean, it is just... We're gonna we're gonna create natural picks, and then you're gonna be lost, and that's what they did. And then the same thing, like in bang bang plays, Michael Thomas gets open for thirty yards running and catching. Yep. Then they switch up, and it's Teddy Ginn's time, and they do the same thing, and they make sure that he is on him to burn him. And it's just inexperience. It's tough to play right away if you're any type of you know, even if you're Marcus Lattimore, uh, kind of struggled his first couple of games too. They have to throw the football. That's what I'm saying, and and it doesn't matter to me about Nick Foles. Like it'll get there. That's that's what I learned about watching the secondary. We do get to see our old friends here too, James. We get to see Vinny Bo and Allen Bo. Yep. and uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. I guess well, is a Vinny. friend. Vinny Curry's our guy. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I uh, I feel very confident again in both matchups here, James, with you know their offensive line. Uh, versus the uh, this defensive line and, and vice versa. Here. Yeah, you hit on that there. I think this defensive line is going to eat yep. on, uh, to use a John Barchard term, they're going to eat and eat. They're out for blood on Sunday, they're John out for Barchard. Blood. That's right. And I think that this is a just a monster matchup for them. I don't see Fitzmagic 
having his a caller on the WIP Midday Show this week said he's not going to be Fitz Magic. He's going to be Fitz Panic because cool. the D line is going to be going. I was like, that's a good line right that's there. I kind of like that. Hashtag Fitz but Panic. I do think that's going to happen. And you saw it. New Orleans was not able to get any pressure whatsoever. And the few times they did, no containment. They just allowed Fitz. I keep wanting to say Fitz Magic and not like Fitz Patrick. <laughs> Run around and Who actually went to make Princeton, plays. Obviously, uh, yeah, I'm just, I always do that. It's the old, it's the old throw out the Rolling Stones song when yeah. I actually meet you went Led to Zeppelin. Cornell, obviously. Yeah, with Cornell. Come with on, Andy Bernard. Can yeah, I, can I drop some stats on you guys real oh, quick? Please, sure, some, I love some stats. Fitzmatrix, Fitzmatrix. Oh, I saw stats. you tweet these. These are good stats. All right, so Ryan Fitzpatrick has had 17 games in his career with three plus touchdowns. The next week, his team is six and eleven. He averages. Around one touchdown, one and a half touchdowns, and one interception. So everyone's saying, you know, and Jim Schwartz said it this week, yeah, it's eye-opening what they did. But to me, it's eye-opening because you have the Buccaneers exactly where you want them because consistency is not Ryan Fitzpatrick's friends. It's not even Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson's friend. If you look throughout their career, they very rarely have backed up big games with another one in a row. So I think... You know, we just talked about the Eagles defensive line has a really good matchup here. I don't think it's a good matchup for the Eagles secondary just because Jalen Mills' strength is not speed. So if he's matched up against Deshaun, he's going to have speed issues. If he's maxed, matched up against Mike Evans, he has size issues there. But I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick has it in him to play another good game in a row. Yeah, and he, like against the Saints, he just turned into something that he wasn't. Like he absolutely trust all those playmakers there, even O.J. Howard. I mean, I couldn't believe some of the fade routes that he was throwing yeah. there, some of the over-the-shoulder, in-the-bucket throws. They were just all there. He didn't miss. He didn't miss at all. And again, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the guy that makes decisions incredibly quickly. And either they're going to be bad or good, but he's going to commit to them Right away, 1.7 seconds just on the hand mm-hmm. timer going. He's going to get the ball out quick unless they're doing the you know the max protect and there's Deshaun and then a touchdown and blah blah blah. But outside of that, you know that's been his mo for a long time. And I agree with Elliot here, James. It's just if you throw him off, he will continue to make bad decisions over and over. Again. Yes, and let's not underrate how poorly New Orleans defense played. I yep. know there's talent there. They played like shit. Yes. Like if you go back and watch that game, they played like crap. They were a bad defense. What we saw on Thursday night from this Eagles defense, the exact opposite. A defense that, as we talked about, coached so well. They stayed home. They handled their assignments. If you do that against Ryan Fitzpatrick, you're going to beat him. You get Nigel Bradham back. I, I, I feel, Huge. I feel yeah. really good about this defense's chance so to handle I, this Tampa Bay offense. I do, too, and I've been high on this Eagles defense throughout the preseason and training camp. But the reason I think this is a test is because the Eagles defense was a lot better at home last year than they were on the road. Some of their worst defensive games were on the road. And again, like for what I just said, I, I think you get Fitzpatrick in a good spot. But if this Eagles defense goes down there and lets up like 35 points or you know struggles again, then I think it's going to be hard to talk about them as one of the best in the league because you have to be able to do it at home on, and on the road. So that's my only concern with this Eagles defense is we saw last year they do play down to the competition sometimes on the road against bad offenses. Uh, and it's 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 nice that it's not like, you know, uh, a test where it has I don't even know, like it Peyton Barber to me when you when you see that guy run. Sure, I mean like he's he's fast and and whatever. It's just it's not uh it doesn't jump off the screen. Not, it doesn't know, jump off the screen. So for a warm up for being on the road, Nigel Bradham being back there again, having that, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Can Ryan we, Fitzpatrick. Can we, like, <laughs> screw right. this. Like no, just because he had a monster game last yeah. week, he has a, a NFL career full of not being good. Hey, All we, right? also, we also saw the Seagulls' defense get 
almost lit up by Eli Manning last year in New York. No, look, I'm not saying it can't happen. Right. I'm just saying I wouldn't expect it to happen. Uh, no, I don't either. I think they're going to win the game. Not to give away my prediction. Sorry. <laughs> well, my bad. My bad. Man. My bad. Uh, no, I, I, I do think that there is... The what uh, Elliot had said here, James. In the one thing, I'll I'll one hundred percent agree with is, I well, I don't think Deshaun's going to go. Um, I think yeah, that's I just think that's too quick of a turnaround for concussions. But I mean, Mike Evans, Mike Evans handed Marshawn Lattimore his ass twice, uh, and you know we we say they 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 played bad and everything, but. That's where they could, you know. That's, 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 their, that's their biggest asset. I mean, I know yeah. that's kind of an obvious well, one. It's Mike and the Evans, weird but. thing is, my, Ryan Fitzpatrick actually gives Evans more of a chance than Jameis does. It seems like whenever they play together, Fitzpatrick is more likely to throw mm. it into tough spots and let Mike Evans go make plays on balls. And that's Mike Evans' best strength right. is is being the guy in track. He's like Alshon, but better. You know, I mean, he's that type of receiver. So I, I'm I, again. Uh, the, if you look at Mike Evans, that worries you a little bit. Outside of that, and Chris Godwin, really nice player too. I think he's a, got a nice future down there. But uh, again, I just can't, I can't get myself to to think that there's going to be anything close to like the offensive performance it, we saw last. Yeah, week. no, and I agree. But I actually think a better comparison, and we're talking about like wide receiver classes. Mike Evans is closer to Julio to me than he than he is Alshon, just like oh, yeah. his size. And we saw what Julio did to this defense sure. last week, so that would be a concern. Um, Go going into that, but with no Deshaun, I agree he probably is not going to play. You're able to concentrate a lot more on Mike Evans because yeah, of that. he's not as fast as Julio, but I agree he there there are definitely similarities right. there. He's like a in between Alshon and Julio. Yeah, and that's ability. you're gonna you're basically gonna see the same game plan more than likely that they deployed against Atlanta, and this is where you can I mean NASCAR it all up as much as possible. I think you actually have to have more Michael Bennett to take care of. You know that that uh, not not necessarily to uh, to just to overmatch them at every every turn. So you're you're forcing Ryan Fitzpatrick to to rush those decisions, and you get a couple of pop flies out. Well, of, and again, know. it's what we talked about. It's Off about coverage, it's about staying at home. It's about trusting your assignments. Assignments. It's about not letting Ryan Fitzpatrick run all over you because we mm. saw that if you don't contain him, he'll just take off, and it was effective. Well, let me ask you guys this: not not to get too like takey or whatever, yeah. but is you? it? Yeah, right. No, never. I would never do that. I would never do that. So I think the Eagles could probably lose four games this year, three, something like that, and still get the number one seed. Like, so is this a must win in that regard? Where it's a you great question. Where you don't want to waste. You don't want to waste game a that loss. You, you have to win because you you're going to have the win. Saints. You're going to have the Rams. You're going to have Vikings. the Vikings. So. I mean, like, if they lose this game in the grand scheme of things, you know, you're one and one, which isn't great, but you're getting Wentz back early in the season. But in terms of just, can you can you take this loss and still, because let's be honest, the Eagles are shooting for the number one seed here. That's what they need more than likely to go to the Super Bowl. Is this a must win game? Like, how bit how bad of a loss would no, this be? We're doing the must, yeah, must win week Fritz. two. Must it's win a, week it's two. It's kind of a trap game too, but <laughs> oh, I, no, I'm uh, I, look, I don't think it is, and I think for the reason you hit on. Carson Wentz is coming back. Yeah. And that just changes the whole dynamic of everything. So if you lose one with Foles, I'm fine with that. But again, I, I also don't think they will lose, but um, I, I don't think it's a must win. Well, we'll continue to break uh, this one down. But right now, uh, we welcome in from the pewterreport.com, Trevor Sigma, who is uh, close to this team. He's down in the locker room every single day. He's brought to you by DraftKings. It's week two of football season, people. We know that, which means you get a second shot at victory. Bragging rights and huge cash prizes are up for grabs this season, uh, all season long, actually, at DraftKings. Uh, the leader in one-week fantasy sports. This weekend, DraftKings has over $2 million in total prizes. $2 million. 
$1,000 in total prizes. You can play for free with your first deposit to compete for your share. Go download the app or go to DraftKings.com right now. Use the promo code GOBIRDS to enter enter any contest for free this weekend. And with your first deposit, you will get your share of a chance to win $2 million in total prizes. That's code GOBIRDS only at DraftKings. The game inside the game. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Well, if it's uh, Tampa Bay, we go to Tampa Bay Trey at Tampa Bay Trey on the Twitter.com, also known as Trevor Sykema, which is uh, also a part of uh, the Pewter Report who covers the Bucks for a living and also does fantastic work when it comes to the DraftNetwork.com. Uh, well, I don't have time to lay in on how wrong he is about all of his draft prospects, but you should listen <laughs> to him anyway. Uh, Trevor, what's going on, Ben? How are you? Uh, John, it's good to be with you, man. It's always good to be with now, you. Are we going to see you in Tampa, by the way? We're heading down there. As long as the hurricane doesn't eat us, I was promised beers and your your finest hairdo. Listen, listen. Uh, the hair, I had to sacrifice the hair a couple months ago. Oh, um, actually, no. I actually got involved with uh, uh, the Buccaneers do a Cup for the Cure event for pediatric cancer research. And um, the players, a couple of the players roped me into doing it with them. And so actually, the, well, it's growing. It's growing a little bit back. You know what? I'll still put on my finest hair for you. <laughs> and yes, uh, I'm going to I'm going to make an appearance wherever you are. We got to make that happen this weekend. Yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen Trevor only once actually in person when we were at the combine and uh, he was wearing his hair seven different ways. So it is it is a sight <laughs> to see. But let's uh, let's talk about the Bucks for a little bit, because it is just it's our favorite quarterback that comes up every single year he goes to Harvard even though I always want to say he goes to Princeton just to make everybody mad and the weird thing about uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is he's actually played the Eagles in his career pretty well I think there's there's only been there's been zero blowout games every time that he's faced it whether he's been a bill or uh, you know a buck or or wherever he's kind of been on his journey here I just, when I look at him every single time, and the differences between him and Jameis Winston are obvious in terms of talent, but it's just, if Jameis was in this game, I feel like he's the guy that's always going to try and make the play, and Ryan Fitzpatrick allows you know Mike Evans and O.J. Howard to go get the ball, and that's why, I mean, besides the, the Saints defense becoming uh, completely awful uh, yesterday, or excuse me, last Sunday, I think that's a bigger part of their success and why the offense tends to move with Dirk and company. Is that a fair assessment? Sure, and I'll preface it by saying this, you know, um, I, I, I'm a religious man, and I don't believe in anything in my entire life more than I believe in the Ryan Fitzpatrick curse after this year. <laughs> because it is just uncanny at this point. All the, you know, him being signed as the backup and um, obviously Jameis having the suspension. But that is also a reason why they kind of talked him out of retirement for another year, brought him back. Um, I'll tell you, I was at the New Orleans game. So I was at the press box. Yeah, I was obviously at a away game. And I just started laughing in the press box at one point because the throws that Ryan Fitzpatrick made were stupid. And I don't even, I'm not even talking about necessarily a couple of the deep shots, but like on third and four, they're running, they're running some in and outs and he's, he's, he's feeding the guy perfectly where he needs to. Um, he hit OJ Howard on a fade route a couple of times over like straight over defenders. He was leading guys perfectly. And I remember tweeting this out during the game. I said, I know Ryan Fitzpatrick's had some crazy good performances over his lifetime in the NFL. That's the best one. To, for him to outduel, to truly outduel a first ballot Hall of Famer in Drew Brees was was pretty damn unbelievable. So um, 
he is a guy now to your to what you were saying what you were bringing up he is definitely a facilitator but man he and i don't know i really i don't john i don't know how much of this is sustainable but if we're just going off of what he did against the saints last week he was putting the ball in better spots than winston had Uh consistently for for so many games and so it's a it is a it is a crazy whirlwind kind of going into this second game the first game here in Tampa Bay, the home opener, emotions are going to be all over the place. But consistency has kind of always been the thing for Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's why he's been a journeyman. He hasn't been able to put those really good games that he can have together for long periods of time. And so I do think that now him being 35 years old, it's going to be interesting to see how he follows up one of the best games of his career um, here in this next week against the Eagles. Yeah, I call him annoyingly elusive, and that's just... Oh, God, yeah, He's absolutely. annoyingly elusive, and the, and he continues to do that, and he has no reservations on if he sees a lane, he's going to go, and even if he's going to get popped, he'll he'll make it happen. Like, he he wants to do and go and make the same play, and it's a it's a quick decision. It's, I don't, he's not I don't thinking know if, about it. I don't know if you saw this, um, but that second touchdown... In the Bucks Saints game, yes, was where he pulled it was down. actually a run pass option with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the goal line, and he lowers his shoulder on the safety and actually trucks him into the end zone. Uh, Cameron Jordan was the defensive end on that play, and Cameron Jordan crashed to the running back harder than you've seen anybody before. Because in his mind, he's like, "Ain't no way Ryan Fitzpatrick's keeping this ball," and he does. He scores. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah, and it's uh, and muscled his way into boot. So it was uh, it was quite an impressive sight. And I mean, here here's what sticks out obviously for uh, Eagles fans in general. One, uh, you know, Hargraves going on IR today is uh, not great news for you guys. And I felt like he was kind of really coming into his own. Uh, Grimes is probably still not going to go for this week. Is that correct? Uh, you know, groins are tricky, especially when you're over 30 in an athletic position, and so. I mean, if I had to guess, I'd say that he's not going this week. Regardless of that, that does mean that, you know, Carlton Davis is probably going to get the start again. And boy, oh boy, did uh, Sean Payton rough him up. I mean, there's sure it's your first assignment as as a new corner is, by the way, you're going to be going up against Michael Thomas, uh, (laughs) one of the most impressive quarterbacks that you've ever seen in the NFL. And by the way, Sean Payton's really good at scheming stuff and they were picking on him. A lot. How do you think he he fared? I I looked at it and said, man, he had a pretty w- rough one, especially towards the uh, the latter half of the first quarter and the start of the second quarter. Michael Thomas wide open, and then next play, bang! They do a little switch on uh, on him to get it get him on Teddy again for a touchdown. So, uh, w- w- any improvement? Do you think from from game one to game two? I mean, it's hard to play corner in this league anyway. But what do you uh, what do you expect out of Carlton Davis? <laughs> Yeah, surely. I mean, the Saints, very first play of the game, they went and they threw it to Carlton Davis's guy, like very first play. So they were well aware that he was making his first start on the outside. Um, it, like, you, like you said, man, it's really tough to play rookie corner in this league. You know, uh, I can't remember who said this to me initially, but they said it's like drinking water through a fire hose. Right. I mean, you're just trying to you're trying to retain so much information about how you should be technically and and proper techniques in in off and man and press and certain coverages and getting the chemistry down with your own guys. And then there's even the flip side where you're watching tape of these other great wide receivers and learning how to watch their hips and anticipate their movement and knowing what they do best. It is just so much stuff to try to to try to retain, especially when you're a first year guy without uh, game experience in the back of your head. And so I think he's gonna fare a little bit better. But I do think that this whole first 
I mean, I would even say, you know, six, eight weeks of his season is going to be a, you know, a baptism by fire, if you will. And it's going to be the same thing for MJ Stewart, the other rookie cornerback they have, because he is now the starting nickel with Vernon Hargraves out. And so Philly is going to get two rookie corners no matter what. Um, it's not even just like a package deal, like, oh, maybe we can get a mismatch here and there, get them to play this guy more than that. Those two rookies are their top corners. So they're going to play almost uh, the whole time in a regular sub nickel package. And so it's going to be tough, um, especially because we know Doug Peterson likes to kind of throw a little trickery in there. He likes to use that kind of stuff to his advantage, especially against rookies who haven't seen it before. So it's it. I think it's going to be another tall task for those guys. It's the Kamar Aiken game, Trey. That's what's happening. You know, you just oh yeah, there we you go. Get, you get sure. cut, you get resigned, and uh, and it, and it's coming. Well, actually, I think it's the Mike Wallace game. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see how Doug uh, attacks this. But you know, it, with the rest of the stuff. By the way, how is our good friend uh, Vinnie Curry and Bo Allen settling in? Because it looked oh, like no. they had a looked like they had a at least a pretty decent game at least in their first go. Am I wrong? Yeah, no, and those two, they're also, you know, I'm I'm in the locker room with those guys. They're great dudes. Um they're they're they gelled right in with with this team and I think with this defensive line. Obviously Vinny got his first sack of the season in that first game, which is really good. Um to get that monkey off your back. We we asked him about it today, which is Wednesday, actually. And, you know, he kinda said, Ah, you know, you know, it was good to get the sack, but it's not a big deal. Trust me, I know pass rushers, you know, especially ones that are new to a team. If four, five, six games goes by and you haven't recorded a sack yet, your name's going to start getting on the top of articles and some headlines like, why the heck were you signed? So good to give, good for him to get that last week. Um, Bo was kind of in a rotation, a little bit of a rotation because, you know, as you guys know, Bo is much more of a, a gap guy, a run stuffer, um, a nose tackle type with his body. And Drew Brees is very much, you know, Sean Payton, that offense, very much trying to spread you out. And so... Wasn't really playing to Bo's strengths at all, but in terms of you know gelling with this unit, I think they both kind of got in, um, hit the ground running, and, and and they're obviously both starters for the unit already. Trey, I forget, are you a video gamer? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, you need to ask Bo Allen about Overwatch. He's an avid Overwatch player, and that's what we I did. We I always actually, talked so about that. Was, that. That was one of the first things I asked about. Him. See, I watch <laughs> Overwatch, but Same. I don't actually play it. Oh, okay. So. Um, I do. I, I if he still plays, I gotta ask him about it. Oh yeah, no, him and uh, I can't remember who it was, but somebody on the practice squad last year, they were like diamond level. You know, I don't know. Damn. <laughs> I, I forget what, what their mains were, but I was like, Jesus, how do you even fit it in at the time? Yeah, Bo's Bo's great. Vinny's great. They're both great to talk to. So you should have some fun going through uh, throughout the season. Okay, biggest biggest strength, biggest weakness for this Bucks team heading into Week Two against the Eagles. What do you say? Yeah, I'd say the biggest strength, no question, is that receiving core. Um, you're hoping Deshaun Jackson can play just because of the novelty of it being, you know, him going up against Philly. And he gets uh, his one but, touchdown in early in the game, and then he shuts it down, and he still has a good stat line. <laughs> we know how that goes. You max protect, and you just you go on a three-man route, and you hopefully that he's open, he's beat the safety, or somebody's not paying attention, which surprise. I think it happened. Oh, it happened twice against the Saints, and then he rolls on in there. Yeah, well, well we know how to keep an eye on Deshaun up here. Yeah, you seem to uh, you seem to know him pretty well. Um, but he he suffered a concussion late in that Saints game, and so anytime you go into concussion protocol, obviously, then it's up to the league. It's not even up to him. It's not even about playing through toughness. So he's got to get clear before then. But um, the way that the Buccaneers used their weapons in Mike Evans and OJ Howard and Cameron Bray, Chris Godwin, Adam Humphreys, and then of course Deshaun Jackson as well, um, they basically used them 
as good as each guy could for their skill set. And that was the best game. They, they put their they put their skill positions in the best situations to win more so in that game than I ever saw any of last year. And so that was encouraging for the Buccaneers. I've got to say that that's their biggest strength, biggest weakness. It is that secondary. I mean, you could have you could have gone into this season with Brent Grimes and Vernon Hargraves healthy and looked at the Bucs secondary and been like, yeah, that's the worst secondary in the NFL. Um, now they're down their top two guys. So yikes. Um, that's going to be tough. You're going to, if you're expecting a lot of, uh, unknown or I guess, uh, unproven guys to really prove themselves kind of right out of the gate here with this week too. And so if there's any weakness on the team, I, I think I got to say it's that secondary, uh, final score. Ooh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 31, 27. Ooh, that's going to be an entertaining game. And who is it? Who is it? Who is it swinging? I think 31. I think the Bucks are going to win. I think 31-27. I love it. All right, cool. Awesome. That is uh, I can't I can't possibly I can't possibly go against Fitzpatrick after last week's game, right? I mean, <laughs> I got to get at least wave. one week where I go, "Okay, they're going to win." So, I think that's my excuse there. <laughs> See, I'm doing the opposite. I picked uh, the Falcons to win the opener at least for like the last 2 or 3 months. So now I got to pick against them every time. So I'm okay. I'm okay with that. So we'll see. We'll see. Something's got to give here, and uh, and we'll have to see what's going on. But uh, from the Pewter Report, also the uh, Draft ki- or Draft Kings. You're not from Draft Kings, but it is. I mean, uh, I am a draft. I am a Draft King, but I just write for the Draft Network. The Draft Network at Tampa Bay Trey, not like Trey Burton. Just leave off the Y, and uh, that's you where go. you can find him on the Twitter.com. Trevor Sigmund, thank you so much, man. I appreciate your time. Yeah, John, thanks. We got to hook up this weekend sometime, bud. Oh, yeah, it's happening. It's definitely happening. And beers are on you. Yeah, maybe. Thanks again to Trevor for uh, chiming in with us. The one thing we haven't talked about when uh, describing and going against this Bucks team in the defense, uh, I don't think it's particularly that great against the rush either, although mm-hmm. I would say that's their strength right now. We've uh, been through the, the front seven. Their linebacking core is really good, too. Mm-hmm. Everybody's asking, is, is Jay Ajayi finally going to you know, step up and take the workload this week. And you can forget about the Darren Sproles leading things off or Corey Clement leading off. James, do you think that it's it's Jay Ajayi and they'll mix in the other guys as it goes along here? I, look, I don't know if it's this week. It seems like they're kind of easing him into it. But I think ultimately we'll get to a point where Jay Ajayi is the clear lead back on this team. But I don't know. It surprised me last week. And Elliot, maybe you could talk to him more. But I thought in the whole game plan, the, the Darren Sproles yeah. of it all was the most surprising thing that happened for me that night. So. Especially since he didn't play that well. Yeah. I mean, Sproles really didn't look that great and, and on the offense. But, you know, Doug talked about it. He said basically the reason he didn't play Ajayi was he mentioned the injury that he dealt with through training camp. He wanted to bring him bring him on slowly, basically. So, I mean, Ajayi, I, I, he'll probably practice every day this week. We'll see what happens on Friday. But he should go into the Tampa Bay game much healthier than he did against Atlanta. But the thing I've been, I've been wondering about this whole, like, you know, is this the week Ajayi gets 25 carries? Maybe that's just not going to happen here. And maybe that's the reason he is extremely effective late in the game. I mean, you know, everyone said, well, he, you know, he was so good in the second half. Why did you give him more at the beginning? Well, maybe that's why he was so effective in the second half, because he was a fresh set of legs. It was Clement and Sproles for the most part uh, in the first half. But to, back to John's point, I mean, yes, the Tampa strength is the run defense, but overall, this defense doesn't have a strength, really. So the Eagles should be able to run the ball against this Tampa team. And I do think if you give it to a Jai early, the offense clicked best against Atlanta when Ajayi was on the field you build up a lead against Tampa and don't keep things close. I'll also say that this defense likes to dial up the blitz uh, a little more than uh, well obviously the Eagles because they don't <laughs> what's blitzing? Uh, 
I would say that's where they've made their biggest mistakes and where they made their biggest mistakes against the Saints here, too. And it's some weird, like almost delayed blitz, and it's too delayed, you know, and it's coming from uh, either the outside linebacker and a combo of that and the, the, the slot guy or whatever. That's a big thing. They, they, they are somehow comfortable, at least they were in the first week, leaving these guys alone on the island. And I don't think you can do that. Either way, I still think there's there's a lot of opportunity for this run game and, and a lot of that to just kind of be uh, using that short passing game and kind of like an Andy Reid looking with Brian Westbrook to get them involved. So I'm actually, and maybe this is just out of hope for my fantasy team as well, but <laughs> um, I think you'll see a little more Corey Clement than you were, would Darren Sproles this week. Yeah. Just because of hamstring and all that stuff. I think so too. I think you'll see more Clement, more Clement in the passing game. And like we talked about last week, the thing that Doug does best is create mismatches. You know, find ways to get his guys against defenders who they will have success against. I think it's a prime spot for that. And and to your point about the running game, I do think that it's the one of the biggest strengths of this team, as we've talked about a ton, is the offensive line, most especially the athleticism of the offensive line, the ability to get to the second level, I think, against a team like Tampa Bay with that awesome line. Definitely the strength of their defense is that linebacking core. I think this Eagles offensive line is uniquely equipped to handle Yeah, and I would just say to the Buccaneers, like, blitz at your own risk because yeah. the, 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 when you don't have good cornerbacks and you're facing an offensive uh, schemer like Doug, and with Eagles already have a really good offensive line that are good at picking up and recognizing those things, if the Bucs think they're going to blitz the Eagles to a win on Sunday, like, they're sorely mistaken. Mm-hmm. That is not going to happen. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that would be a bad game plan, and you, uh, you almost just have to be, and that's how they're going to end up winning this game, is just making sure that they are throwing them off and they're mistiming everything. So when they hold back and they go into zone and they go into off coverage, you slice them up that way in the middle of the field. When they are blitzing, um, you know, they expect it. They know what the protections are, which is something we didn't see from Nick Foles in week one. That was a little weird. You know, you can obviously see a slot corner blitzing and they change the protection. Yeah, and that was, that happened. was just it was a like, weird play. It was weird. It was weird. So uh, all those somebody things can get up. worked out. Probably yeah. Nick, but somebody, screws. somebody <laughs> yeah. screws up. You know who never screws up, fellas? Uh, Brandon Thorne, and he is uh, as someone new that we're going to bring in each and every week during the preview shows because no one breaks down the offensive line like our veteran scout from uh, USA Football and also uh, the Scouting Academy. Brandon Thorne is going to tell us all about the Bucks offensive line and how good and or bad it is. Brandon, thanks for joining the show. I'm honored to be here, and I'm excited to talk offensive line. Well, let's uh, let's get started with it. What do you? Uh, what's the first thing that you see? You know, the Bucks uh, come in with a newly newly signed and probably I think pretty rich too, uh, Ryan Jensen from uh, the the Baltimore Ravens. That's uh, that's been a little different. Uh, Ali Marpet's been uh, uh, you know a, a lover between a lot of draft guys for a very long time since 2015. What do you make overall of it, and uh, where are the biggest strengths and weaknesses? Yeah, I mean you got to start. I think with Jensen, you know, I think they gave him the richest. Uh center contract in history. Um, him and Marpet are both smaller school guys, which is pretty cool. Um, but I think that those two are really the strength of the offensive line. And then also, I think you have to mention uh, the right tackle, Jamar Dotson. I think those three are kind of the strongest guys on the unit, um, you know, with the left tackle and the right guard situation being probably the weak links. But, um, yeah, you know, they're the same thing that they did last year. They're actually uh, rotating uh, at right guard. So, you know, um, Evan Smith played about 38% of the snaps last week, and then Beninock played about 62%. So 
a little bit more um, to the ladder, but they ro- they actually have a rotation at right guard, which is unique. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it because it, I, I think it kind of uh, limits the chemistry and communication ability, you know, throughout a game. But but anyway, they're they're doing the same thing they did last year, you know, at guard in terms of a rotation. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that the Eagles will be able to really probably take advantage mostly of that right guard spot and that left tackle spot. Uh, yeah, speaking of Donovan Smith there, and what what is what in the, and Donovan is uh, pretty active on Twitter too. By the way, he's a, he's a pretty uh, cheerful guy. He wants uh, he I think he was I don't know if he was begging, but he was certainly wanting the Tampa Bay crowd to uh, to show up this uh, for the ho- their home opener. What about uh, Donovan Smith? Can can a lot of the, this pass rushing this what seems uh, like an insurmountable amount of pass rushers take care of Donovan Smith? Why is that the weakest uh, side there? Yeah, I think you know Donovan. Smith coming out of Penn State, you know, just physically, you know, a huge guy. Um, I think he has really good play strength. Um, and he's pretty athletic for his size, a lot of physical talent. But, you know, ever since he came into the league, I just think he hasn't been able to shore up his technique, um, especially in pass protection. But you see it in both facets of the game. And uh, what I mean by that is I think really more than anything is his hand placement um, at the point of attack. It's very inconsistent. He struggles to really get into the frame of rushers. And I think what that does is leave him susceptible to a lot of inside counters. Um, he tends to lunge a little bit and get over aggressive at the point of attack and just tries to, you know, kill people with his punch instead of being a little bit more tactful and accurate with his hands. So I think that that is really something that's been plaguing him his whole career. And I saw it even last week in week one. Um, you know, just getting a little sloppy with his hand usage, I think, and uh, that that shines through a lot. So, you know, you look at the Eagles' pass rushing, you know, Barnett and even Bennett when he's on the edge, you know, Long and Graham. Um, you know, if Graham does, I know Graham predominantly plays over the right tackle. But, but yeah, I mean, I think all those guys will be able to take advantage of him. Any, any pass rusher, I think, who can string together multiple moves in the same rush, especially with a potent inside counter, I think that they can do a lot of damage versus Donovan Smith. So, um, you know, he played okay last week, but I, I see that as his primary weakness. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll be uh, certainly keeping our eyes on that one. And then just really quickly on the other side of the ball, I know you've been kind of focusing on it. And, and uh, honestly, I've learned a lot from from Brandon and just in the uh, the short time that I've been following for the last like year and a half. The the slingshot technique that is seems to be very popular now uh, ever since, you know, a big uh, big conference of offensive linemen and you had singled out Lane Johnson last week. Uh, can you explain yeah. to everybody what that ex- exactly is in that technique? And, um, you know, I think I even heard Jeff Schwartz during that conversation say a lot of offensive line coaches don't like to teach that. What is the slingshot technique? Yeah, and I think the reason for why uh, Jeff Schwartz said that and just in general is the technique is used when you're beat as an offensive lineman. It's usually not taught as a primary means to accomplish a block. So, you know, on the backside of running plays, uh, specifically outside zone, you know, the offensive lineman, you know, right guard, uh, center right guard, right tackle, say to run into the left, they're responsible for cutting off the defender, you know, the defender's pursuit angle, angle to the ball, excuse me. So, you know, if they are unable to beat them, you know, in front of the face of the defender, then they can go behind them and use the slingshot technique. And it really, it, it involves taking that outside hand and basically wrapping it around and clubbing the defender upfield and just taking him, you know, out of the play. 
So it's it's really used as a backup plan, you know, something that an offensive lineman can add to their, their uh, tool belt. You know, I like to say, you know, just having a variety of different techniques to, to draw from, you know, in situations that don't go as planned, which, you know, most situations don't as an offensive lineman. Um, so it's a really good um, secondary means to accomplish, you know, a cutoff on the backside of outside zone. And, you know, really the most savvy guys do it in the league. You know, um, I highlighted another one from Toronto Armstead, but, but Lane Johnson has been doing it for a while. Uh, Jason Peters is a master at it. You know, Trent Williams, um, you know, so those are the type of guys that you typically see do it. But I've seen it from a variety of guys as well. So it's it's one of my favorite things to see on film because it just looks so cool. You know, you, you think a guy's beat because he beats the defender, beats him across his face. But then next thing you know, the defender doesn't even see it coming. He has a, a club, you know, basically behind him that knocks him too far upfield to pursue the ball. So it's it's a lot of fun to find on film and you know, definitely Lane Johnson and Jason Peters are, are awesome at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, what's up, sucker? That's how it always looks on a film like here. <laughs> oh, I beat him. I beat my guy. And now, oh, crap, he's uh, he's charging down the line. And then he knocks him down. So, Brandon, we appreciate it, man. Uh, Brandon's going to be with us uh, most of the season, breaking down offensive lines and uh, telling, uh, well, yeah, and I want you to tell us when the Eagles offensive line screws up, too. So, uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, we appreciate it, man. So, at Veteran Scout on the Twitter.com. From USA Football and the Scouting Academy, Brandon, we appreciate your time, buddy. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, John. So there you go. Uh, Unfortunately for your Penn State fans, again, Donovan Smith is the guy to attack and constantly attack. And it's weird to say that against, you know, someone that is protecting the quarterback's blind side. But Mm -hmm. there you have it. I also noticed Donovan Smith was... uh, I don't know if he was being a little chirpy, but it was... Tweeting about the fans. Yeah, please come like, out. Come on, Bucks fans, yeah. show up. That was actually nice that he responded to me. He's like, uh, you know, I, what, do you, what do you mean? Because I, I don't... I think it's going to be a lot of Eagles fans. Well, there. I think there's something like, what, 800 fans flying with us on, yes. on Friday. And that's just that we know of. So it's definitely going to be a ton of Eagles green there. And on, uh, that's all courtesy of fansofphilly.com. James is heading to Nashville yeah, buddy. in week four with everybody. So I've always and wanted to go God, to Nashville. I'm I haven't been there either. I'm very excited. I'm very excited about this. Joseph tweeted out like the menu that you guys are I getting. I saw. I'm so excited. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Can't wait. It I mean, it's Nashville. We, yeah. You know, it's the move. So. Oh, and every, no, and it created go the thing. Go see some like, honky-tonk, man. See our boy it's Tron. Yeah. It's going to be good. Tron, Gavin. Tron. Who was on ESPN yesterday, buddy? Yes, look at him. Come up, Mr. Big Time. Tell Mama he made it. (laughs) Uh, And uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun. So go to fansofphilly.com because they are still have ph. Yeah, fans. Oh, he's got both, so you can type it in and redirect. Look at that. So there you go. He's a smart smart. thinker. Joe's so smart. I'm a big Joe guy. Uh, So we're gonna be doing uh, a couple more of these. Like I said, Nashville got limited tailgate tickets, and if you're down there already, uh, come join the party. It's gonna be a lot of fun. New Orleans is after that, so. You know, let's go. Come let's on. Let's go. Let's take it all over. Gentlemen, are you ready for some questions? Let's do it. Born ready. So are we getting on the take train, John? We're, get, we're getting... We're going to try something different We're getting on the take train. And this is a good idea from uh, from L.A. Shore Park. Who would have ever guessed I came up with that? <laughs> a take-related <laughs> idea. Yeah. So because we get uh, a ton of questions, we want to make sure to try and answer every single one of them. So it's just going to be rapid fire. I'm going to point... And we're going to answer it. Gentlemen, are you ready? Do we do we shout out the person that asked it on Twitter? Or oh, we just of course we okay. do. Right, of course we sure. do. I just want to make sure we'll get their shine. Uh, get their shine. From get my shine on. <laughs> right. James from ele- at 11 the goat uh, from Sean Lamont. Agree on that. Will, <laughs> will, uh, will there be more rushing or passing TDs by the Eagles offense this week? Passing. 
Wow, that was it. Uh, Rapid fire, right? Uh, Isn't that what we're doing here? Am I the only one doing this? Uh, I'm going to say rushing because they're going to get into uh, goal line a lot, and uh, that's where they'll score most of their touchdowns. Randy Harn, what's up, buddy? He always calls me when I'm on the air. Appreciate that. Uh, ESP, will the Eagles utilize Goddard and more two tight ends in that 12 personnel this week? They should, but they won't. They should as well, and I believe they won't too because they keep going three wide, James. Three for three. Yeah, see, that's what I think too. But uh, Dallas Goddard does get his first NFL touchdown okay. this week. Ooh, that's Ooh, a call. Nice take train Spicy there. call. There you go. The take train. From uh, Dog Sports, uh, ESP, what is your take on the possibility of Wentz playing week three? Would you prefer to wait longer? No, I think they play him when he's ready. If he's ready by week three, you play him. Yeah, same. Uh, look, again, I- I'm all for being cautious. Wait till he's 100% ready. But if he's 100% ready, he should be out there. From, uh, what is it? Is this Deuce or Doozies is Wild? I, pr- I apologize for screwing Deuce. that up. Deuce is Wild. The Deuce. Who's, <laughs> who's the emergency quarterback? I think it's Kamu Grugier Hill. Yeah. Yikes. I, you know, like there's, that's the, I, I can't think I'm of anybody else. suit up hey, is, it, is it Nick Foles? I mean, Braxton Miller has to be <laughs> oh, active. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, we know who it is. Duh. It's Nelson Aguilar. Oh, right. Obviously. It is Nelson Aguilar. He one was for one. He's got a perfect ratings. Man, oh, man. Elliot, you got any in there? Yeah, okay. So this one is from Socks Are Off. David Sokloff. Can't pronounce that name, but thank you for the tweet. Is I it true? did well. I think is, it, felt, it is it true Foles only excels in big games but sucks otherwise? Yes. 100%. <laughs> yes, right? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> oh, come on, Jim. We've seen Nick Hat. Like, if it's not like that Raiders game where he threw seven touchdowns was a huge game. They're playing <laughs> the Raiders. Oh, my God. No, I think he's just streaky. We've seen him excel in huge games, but look, he wasn't that great in the Saints playoff game the first time around. So, eh. I don't know. All right, this one is from at Bobby Oliver. I have Alshon Jeffrey on my fantasy football team. Am I screwed forever? Yes. No. No. no not at all. Week four, you're fine. <laughs> but overall, what Pick about Jordan Matthews? Hold on, really, really said, quick. Elliot wants you to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, yeah, if you get him, you're fine. <laughs> Wait, question, real quick question for you guys. When Alshon does play, big year from him? No. No. Yeah. Well, well, it depends I, on what I think it's going to be similar to last year yes. where he'll come back, he won't be great for a little bit, and then finally he'll get into a rhythm, they'll get into a groove together, and he'll have a strong finish to the season. James, we're going to stick with you from uh, at Pasture Aaron Smith. Will the Eagles ever have a deep threat like Deshaun again? How would uh, such a player change their offense right now? Well, I mean, like, you hope that Mike Wallace can be a deep threat, but I, I don't think they're, Deshaun is a very unique case. There are not many deep threats in the history of football yeah, right. who are Deshaun Jackson, so no, I don't think they will. I've never seen a guy so unique and yeah. so talented almost cause nothing in terms of win total on every team that he's playing yep. for. Fair. Yeah. Yes. yeah no. I, I agree with James. You want Mike Wallace to be that guy. Like I said, he got open against the Falcons, but Foles wasn't able to hit him, but I don't think you're going to have a Deshaun this year for sure. And in the history of the franchise, maybe, but as you guys alluded to, Deshaun's a pretty special talent. Uh, oh, this is this is perfectly for, uh, for ESP here. Uh, right. From Shitstoke says, uh, why don't teams exploit Jalen Mills more? He's horrible. Because you can't exploit him, that's why. Hey-o. You can't exploit him. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he gets he gets shitted on for so much in this city for, for no reason. I'm not saying he's... It's like, weird how that... I agree. Right? He's, been the, he's been the most dependable cornerback on that team since he got here. You know what it is? I think I think it's because the the sluggos and like they're so glaring. Yeah. They're so like, oh, he just got yeah. got and, and it led to a giant long touchdown that I think those kind of cloud the view of, of all the good stuff. I, I 100% agree, but it is funny how all the bad Jalen Mills plays are always against like really good corners. Like He had a bad game against the Giants because he had to cover Odell every single play. The slow go you're talking about against the Falcons, that was against Julio, right? Yes. Yeah. A lot, lot, of, lot of corners are going to get beat but he, by But Julio. he did but get he beat by against... Sterling Shepard in that Giants yeah, game, too. Beat him on the slow go, too. True. For what it's True. worth. He's but not yes. good at this. You're right. The he's, sl- just not, he's, not a, yeah, he's just not a double move, guys. He's not. Okay. You know who can't handle a double move? 
Ronald Darby. Ronald Darby? Oh, yeah, buddy. <laughs> Sign him up, please. Uh, from the Real Paisan, uh, James, can Fitzmagic have another magical game, or will he disappear with our defensive front? Yeah, he's going to disappear. I mean, look, he can. Yeah, We saw it the first week. He can, but no. Fitz panic, not Fitz panic. Yeah. All right, I, I got one right here. All right. From, uh, we'll just move on, because that was too much heat from James. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, at Matt, Matthew Dimalata says, "Do you think Sidney Jones will stay in the slot for his career, or is this a one-year no. experiment till the team figures out what to do with Darby?" Absolutely not. Jalen Mills Option is the man B. out. Yeah, uh, I, it's, it's I, just, I would agree. And or Darby. I, I mean, if they don't, if Darby is look, corner anyway. look, if Darby has a monster season and he gets a Stefan Gilmore type contract, the Eagles might not want to give him that. That's True. a possibility as well. Definitely. Yeah, but I think they view Sidney on the outside long. I 100 percent agree with that. Uh, yeah, you don't draft him for for that. Uh, otherwise, do you have any more in there? Is no, that I it? think that was good. That was a good first yeah, trip. Pretty good. It was good. I thought you did a great job good pronouncing first. those names. I know. Reading reading under pressure is not my strength. I so great, I tried buddy. my best. So yeah. Yeah. Reading in general with no pressure is hey. not my strength. So that's. Uh, They're gonna say Elliot. I'm like, he's oh, a yeah, writer, and, and, man. You can't I, fucking yeah. say that. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I guess that uh, yeah, you uh, you took shot at uh, at us on the radio show. I forgot to mention that. I did. Yeah, saying that you know when we talk football, doesn't make sense anyway. So wow, I get it. You know, got to do what I got to okay. do sometimes. Wow. Get yeah. his first remote. See how it is. Well, I, I guess there's only thing uh, one thing left to do there, fellas. It's time for the picks. Hit me. It's time to ring the bell and place some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. The picks are brought to you by the casino at Delaware Park. You can still enjoy the parlays, but real sports betting, college, NFL, it's all there. And gear up, ladies and gentlemen, because the bye week beer bash is back on this week, or not week, in uh, during the bye week after London. Can't wait. So there'll be details on that, but we're going to drink some beers. We're going to eat some food. We're going to bet on some football. That is at the casino at Delaware Park. It is a lottery agent of the Delaware uh, wait, I screwed that up. No, you're right. Lottery agent for the Delaware Lottery must be 21 to play. Oh, there you go. James' <laughs> hands have been in the air for the last like 15 like, seconds. I, please well, give yeah. it to me. I'm it's ready to go. What it is is when you're 4 and 0, okay. You're just ready to go and you're ready to celebrate because 4 and 0. All right, James. Okay, well, do you know what that means? That means that I won 4 games oh, for, let me, and lost no games. Hold on, let me okay? get, let me get the calculator. 4 wins. Yeah, that's right. 0 losses, <laughs> including betting against Aaron Rodgers on Sunday Night Football. Thank you. You were so happy. Much. I'm so, so setting up for an own four week this week. This is great. <laughs> well, uh, we're gonna we're gonna let the heat uh, rely in that corner. Then there, James. The uh, Washington football team is a six point favorite, opening from a five to a six against Frank Reich and the Colts. Who? Uh, that was my choice. That was my choice last. I, th- I, I thought right. they were gonna. You know, clear I'd be that. on that one too. That wasn't was, even part of the picks. I was, was just winning fun. everything. Yeah. <laughs> James Seltzer, who do you have in this one? This is a really tough game to call. I, I I hate the line. I think Washington is a better team than Indianapolis. I think six points is too many points. I'm going to take the points, but I don't feel good about it. Oh, I think both of these. Yeah, same. I think they're they're both very deceiving football teams right now. Uh I still think Washington wins. I think I think I, I I'll just take the points. I think it's too many points. Uh, I'm gonna now. I'm gonna take the points. I'm gonna take Washington ESP. So I guess this is where I ring the bell, right? Yes. So <laughs> ring the bell. I won't forget this time. <laughs> yeah. I th- I think and then Washington. Next time, just saying. The next time, you can just ring the bell. You I can just do it. You it's baby go. steps. Ring the bell. It's baby yeah. steps. Yeah. No, I, I think. Uh, look, I don't think the Colts are ready to go into Washington yet, and, and 
it'll be close, but I think the, that the Redskins cover. I'm taking like the, the six. I was very torn. That was a tough call for me. Let us travel uh, to, first of all, Sunday night football. It's going to be terrible. This game's going to suck. Dun, dun, da, da, da. Because the two worst teams in the division are playing each other. The Cowboys take on the Giants. It opens at three. It stays at three because, once again, everyone sucks in this game. ESP, who do you like in this one? I'm going to take the Cowboys to here. I think the Giants are just worse than the Cowboys. I don't think that, uh, again, like you said, both these teams suck, but they're at home. Um, I don't think Eli Manning has it in them. I'm, I'm going with the Cowboys. Oh, oh God. Oh, Literally jumped out of the way. The Cowboys suck. They are a bad football team. They're the worst team in this division. When this season ends, they're going to be looking up at everybody with like a 5-11 and record. Oh. I don't think the Giants are that good or anything, but they play Jacksonville kind of tough. I think they go into Dallas. And for what it's worth, these teams usually win in the other's stadium for some reason. But I'm going to take the points, and I think the Giants win it outright. Oh, Saquon Barkley, 100 and 48 yards. Love it. And two touchdowns. And one L. I, I, am, <laughs> I am probably. I, I think he's going to run all over this team. And then uh, somebody. Then the prediction is Zeke's only going to run for like 70 and a touchdown. And he's going to bitch about not getting the ball. Ooh. That is. Dallas starts 0 2, and it just starts crumbling. I like down when you predict that. the drama. All is yeah, right in the world. Forget the drama. game. Predict the drama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's go. Uh, you know, we would, we would, just so the listeners know, we yes. would try and pick Green Bay, Minnesota, but there's no line because Aaron Rodgers is going to wait till like the 10th minute. Before uh, kickoff to announce whether he's playing or it's not. It's what Doug totally wants playing. from his quarterback position. Right. Yeah, it's Doug wishes. He <laughs> yeah, Doug wishes he could have that type of mystery. Yeah. His whole goal, whole goal was just to have no line on. Didn't the Didn't work out. Right. Doug was super feisty. <laughs> Next question, please, guys. So let's go to Atlanta instead, as this is a five-point favorite for the Atlanta Falcons as they welcome in the Carolina Panthers. Uh, five and a half now, six, kind of in some spots here too. I don't know what to do with this one either. Carolina, although it came out with a win against Dallas. Was not impressive at all. Uh, I I am going to take the Carolina Panthers because that is too many points for the Atlanta Falcons. Ring the bell! This is a classic. If Jack Fritz were here, he'd be smiling. The line is talking to you here. Look at this line. It was five. It's moved up to six. That tells me something. That tells me this Atlanta team, Vegas expects them to handle their business at home. I know they had some injuries on defense, but you look at those injuries for Carolina. Losing Olsen, losing Williams, Luke Keekley banged up. Those are big injuries. For an offensive line, especially losing Williams, that was already banged up. Trey Turner banged up apparently now, too. I just think it's a tough spot to go into Atlanta. Atlanta on 10 days rest needs a victory. I think the Falcons handled their business. So I was going to ring the bell, but I couldn't deprive our listeners of hearing James <laughs> do that. So I, I just audibled and went right to him. But I agree with a lot of what you said. I think the Falcons win this game. It wouldn't surprise me if they blew him out. But I am out on the Falcons for the season. Ooh. I mean, they're going to be a playoff team. They might win a game, but this is not a Super Bowl contender. With offensive coordinator like that, you're not a contender. They win this week. They might win big, but I am out overall. How can you mention Car- or Carolina's injuries and not mention the Falcons' I two did. key I injuries? I did. I said they have big injuries, too. Deion Jones and Keanu are big, big injuries. I'm just saying. I just think the Panthers' injuries are going to be more impactful. Carolina's got the better quarterback. Hey, oh, yeah. It. I, is that so, a question? I don't know. Some people. I think fight some on people. That. I think that it's a question. I don't <laughs> think it should be. I, let's put it this no. way. I'll take it a step further. I think Carolina is the way better quarterback. Yes. Ooh. I think so Cam I. Newton we'll is debate this on our Panthers podcast significantly better than Matt wow. Ryan. Come right. at me. So uh, the most important one, as uh, you know, we're continuing on and. 
If you were listening to last week, you're going to know why I'm going to say the things I'm going to say. Oh, yeah, I forgot about this. So uh, the Eagles are a three-point favorite coming into Tampa, Elliot. What does that mean? Eagles are going to win this game, and they're going to win it big. I mean, look, we can talk about Fitz, Fitz magic and all that. We talked about that. I think the Eagles are going to go into Tampa Bay. Foles gets it done just enough. The Buccaneers don't have it in them to be good two weeks in a row. I think the Eagles win this game comfortably. Yeah, 30 to 10-ish is kind of what I'm yeah. feeling. I think the Eagles wow. win this one. We're, we're just watching the fourth quarter playing out and saying, huh, we won. This well, I hope awesome. so, because then we can start cheersing everybody in the stadium, and we'll take a lot of videos when we're down there and do things. But Do what you got to do, Johnny. But here's the thing. Nick Foles is going to play great. Uh, there's going to be so many sacks in this game that our heads are going to spin. And, uh, you know, probably, I mean, I'm sure Sidney Jones maybe comes down with one. But unfortunately, because of some weird fluke, probably because of rain or somebody farts or just, I don't know, something in the air is just going to go wrong. And therefore, the Eagles are going to lose this thing. Wow. And Tampa Bay is going to cover. I'm going to say Tampa Bay. I respect what you're doing here. 20, <laughs> in, a weird, in a weird score, 22 to 18. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I really res- their I respect beer. this. I got a, I got a real respect kinda, for what you're doing here. It's kind of a cop out though, because you don't even have to make a real prediction. That's kind of true too, but, <laughs> but like, what, it's kind of true too. Well, but. that's true. That's but true. it's more important. But the juju just, is more important. Just, just, the listeners appreciate. Just so you know, you know exactly what I'm actually saying in this. Yeah, and I think I wouldn't you said it pretty it. well. Yeah. I think you did. I yeah. think you did well there. Here's what you should have said: that Tampa will win because Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. Oh, Princeton. Just remember Princeton. It's always. I think it was Yale. Cornell. Cornell. Uh, when did a little school called Cornell ever yeah. heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> what's the other, like, what's the borderline Ivy League schools that always try to get in there? Temple. Temple. <laughs> <laughs> Go Owls, baby. Go Owls. It should be. It's the, it's the Ivy League. I was going to say the Ivy League school Ivy of League Philadelphia. Of Philly. Philly. Yeah, North Philly. We have to go because there's actually an Ivy League. It's <laughs> Brown. Like Vanderbilt always Brown. trying to get, him, get no, itself Vanderbilt, in there a little Vanderbilt bit. Vanderbilt calls them, they're one of those losers that calls themselves the Ivy of the South. Yeah. It's like, all right, guys, chill out. Relax. Yeah, right, yeah. No one cares. Brown is the shitty, I mean, not shitty. They're all... <laughs> They're all better than the schools I went to, but of, of the Ivy League schools, Brown is the shittiest. Uh, I think um, Dartmouth on the lower. Oh yeah, Dartmouth's end. on the Cornell on, too. on the. Although didn't Jordan Matthews go to Vanderbilt? He did. So, so. <laughs> why, why, wide receiver, you basically is what it is. <laughs> wide receiver, you. you. Who else went to Vanderbilt? Jay Cutler. Oh, oh that's so. right. There you go. Uh, you missed some <laughs> reality TV star. But I mean, his thesis on smoking while playing football. It. I mean, it worked. He proved his. He proved his Agreed. theory. So, uh, well, it's been a, uh, a a really fun show. We appreciate everybody listening in to uh, Go Birds episode number twelve. Thank you to Trevor Sigma. Thank you to Brandon Thorne. And we will see you down in Tampa uh, in one way or another. Thanks for listening to the Go Birds podcast right here on Radio.com and also Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Go Birds. Go Birds. Peace.